James chapter 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like a man observing himself, his, um, his natural face, in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law and liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. If any among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives, he deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and, and widows in their time of need, in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I doubt that Walt Disney came to this passage of Scripture to have a line put into one of his cartoon movies, which you probably even know the end of Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Who's the fairest of them all? But yet, it's here for us this morning to contemplate exactly the same thing. As we look into a mirror, not necessarily a physical mirror, though that is part of the description, but the word of God as being a mirror. As, as you well know, the, the book of James is a book about the principles for maturing in Jesus Christ. It's a book of spiritual growth. It's almost like James would be preaching this in a series of messages I trust better than what I've given, but a series of messages that he would have preached to those to whom he wrote the book. It was written to those who were dispersed of the 12 tribes of Israel, chapter 1 and verse 1. And he highlighted for us and for them the fact that this, the, the growing into maturing in Jesus Christ, we are introduced and inundated with trials. That's what we have. Trials are for the basic purpose, as we read, that they are to develop in us a patience, a perseverance, if you will, in order that we would be able to hold up underneath the world system. In fact, James goes on to dilate, if you will, a little bit stronger when he says that these trials aren't just to produce in us a patience and a perseverance, 
but for the fact that he doesn't want us lacking in anything, to be missing out, if you will, of things, of the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, if you will, or even issues of life, so that when the Lord returns, we won't be found wanting. We'll be ready for his return. And then he highlights another issue that we deal with every day, and that's temptation. Temptations come our way. Every time a 1968 Corvette drives down the road, I am tempted. But I have overcome because I may be able to get down in one, but I ain't never getting out of one. My hips won't allow me for that. But isn't that how God, even as, as Paul talked to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, when he said that there has no temptation taken you such as common to man, but God is faithful that even in the midst of temptation, he'll provide a way of escape so that you can bear up. God gave me two artificial hips that I can escape temptation. Just in a Corvette anyway. Because there's no way I'm getting out of one. He provides a way of escape. And, and James tells us that sometimes our temptations come our way because of the deceitfulness of our hearts. And it reminds us, as he closes that section, that the reality that God has saved us by his word and the power of that word. And it exclusively warns us, don't be deceived. Don't let this slide away. Now in verse 19, we pick up the narrative here that he says to us, so be ready or do three things. And it all highlights with the word of God. He says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slower to wrath. For the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. This new section now is introduced by one word, Therefore, therefore, because of trials, because of victory over temptation, because of what God has done for us and saving us through his word and by his spirit, James now says, therefore, do something. This morning, I want to give to you Three aspects, if you will. Three principles that deal with the word of God. We are, first of all, I have it written there for you. We need to receive the word of God by hearing the word of God. Receive the word of God by hearing the word of God. The second principle is Responding to the word of God by receiving the instruction from 
the word of God. And lastly, the idea of realizing the word of God by obeying the word of God. Hear, receive, obey. James says that capsulizes, if you will, in the last two verses when he says, if you want to know what true religion is all about, it's this. In other words, you can't practice that unless you've got this. So what, are we, what is he talking about for us today? How do we hear God's word? How do we receive it? Well, there's four things I've listed there in your study guide. First, it requires a quick ear. A quick ear. One that is fastly determined to listen to what God has to say. That comes in a couple of forms, as I'm sure you're all aware of. And it comes into by your reading of the Word of God. Are you listening to what you're reading in the Word of God? Are you paying attention? Are you sensitive, quick, that word means sensitive to the hearing of the Word of God? Does the depths of your soul become encouraged and enlightened in what you're reading? Does your heart begin to pound maybe one or two beats more when all of a sudden you come across this wonderful verse that says that God so loved the world that he gave? That was you. Quick to hear. The other things, too, is not only in reading, but in listening to the Word of God. Someone gave me the whole Bible on DVD or on CD, excuse me, that I can put in my, my flex as I'm driving down the road and I can listen to the Word of God being read by individuals who have the deep voice. Puts it all in new perspective. The problem is, is, is I'm, I'm hearing it and I'm going. So you got to be careful. Quick to hear. But on the other aspect, if that's the command that we need to be quick to hear, the key issue is, is what are you listening to? What is it that you are engaging your ears to your mind What is it that you're hearing? What is it that you're reading? Quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slower to wrath. If we engage our ears into hearing the word of God that will ultimately control 
what we say and how we react. Watching the World Series for the college teams. A friend of mine that was watching it with me, arguing the calls, and I say to myself, that umpire can't hear you. And plus I said, that's why they're still umpiring college. (laughs) Slow to, to speak. Slow to wrath. Because the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Notice he didn't say slow to anger. Anger is an emotion that the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4 when he said, be angry but don't sin. But wrath takes anger to its ultimate end of action. Getting our own way. The Apostle James, the half-brother of Jesus, says, be slow in that. Think before you speak. Aren't you glad that God gave us two ears and one mouth? We should listen twice as much as what we speak. It's a wise tale. But then he goes on, and, and, and it also requires a, requires a cautious tongue, a calm temper, but a pure heart, a pure heart. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. That word save there is not necessarily the word that would be translated in a part of justification. The word save there is in reference to, as we walk this earth, sanctification. Keep you saved. Keep you growing. Keep you cleansed. Keep you growing into the image of Jesus Christ. But it takes a pure heart. James says, because of trials, because of temptations, because of that we have been by God for his glory and for his will, saved by for his glory, be quick to hear the word of God. But now we're supposed to receive it. We are to not only hear it, but we are to receive it. And we are to receive it as it's highlighted by four different verbs. Notice what it says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. First of all, in order to receive the word of God, we must have a proper preparation for receiving the word of God. Paul, the apostle James says, put away things. I really hope and I trust that before you sit down in the pew, 
even before you walk through the first set of doors before you come in the church, that you've prepared yourself for hearing the word of God. Not hearing what I have to say, but hearing the word of God. I know what family life is like on Sunday mornings. Moms, can I get an amen from the congregation? I know what it's like. Hurry up, get out of the bathroom. How come you haven't got your shoes on yet? Give a kick to the dog. Get in the car. I told you to stop fighting. Don't make me come back there. Then you drive up, put it in park, and you get out the car and you go, yes, Lord Jesus, I am here. I know what Sunday mornings are like. I've not escaped. I've been in ministry, and I usually leave the house way before my family does, but there's times when I wasn't in ministry, and I knew what Sunday mornings are like, and they've never changed. Amen. The evil one don't want you to hear, but James does. So does Jesus. So you must be prepared to hear, put away these things. Secondly, you must, it requires a proper attitude with meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is having power, but yet willing to keep it controlled. We have the power that worketh in us. Amen? That's what Paul says. By the power that worketh in you, to him be the glory in the church through Christ Jesus, both now and forevermore. Ephesians chapter 2. We have power. We have the authority to speak the truth of the word of God. But if you're always looking at the authority and not focusing on being meek, then you're not going to hear the word of God. Right attitude, meekness. Thirdly, that which is to be received, the implanted word. The implanted word. Write this verse down. 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 23. It says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That incorruptible seed was implanted in you through the word of God, and by the Holy Spirit, you got born again. We all got a corruption problem. When we are born, naturally, we have a corruptible seed. It's going to die. Paul refers to it as the old nature Peter refers to it as corruptible seed. 
James refers to it as deceit in our hearts. But when we came to know and understand the Lord Jesus Christ, that he loves us and he gave himself for us, and we trusted in that and that alone, instantly we were given an incorruptible seed. Now for an incorruptible seed to grow, it needs three things. First of all, it needs incorruptible soil. Does the word of God find good soil in your heart and in your life? Robbie Zacharias refers to it as moral soil. Soil in which that can produce a moral fiber even in our own country that would rescue us from the path that is going on now. It needs an incorruptible seed, needs incorruptible soil, which comes from hearing the word of God. Incorruptible seed needs to have incorruptible rain. James must have lived in Pennsylvania. Incorruptible rain is produced by receiving the word of God. Receiving it. Incorruptible soil, incorruptible rain, but an incorruptible seed also needs incorruptible care, which is obeying the word of God. Implanted in us, but it needs cultivation, it needs cared, it needs attention to. And that's what James is talking about. That's how we receive the word of God. We receive the word of God through the command. And I want to give you the differences between a doer and a receiver. A doer and a, just an individual who hears and doesn't do. A hearer of the word of God is an individual that looks into the mirror and he does three things. First of all, he just observes. Secondly, he goes away. Thirdly, he forgets what he's seen. Men, I'm going to put you on the spot this morning. When your wonderful wife gets in the car, what's one of the first things she does besides telling you how to drive? What's one of the first things she does when she gets in the car? She got that visor on her side. And she pulls that visor down, and a light comes on because there's a mirror there. She wants to make sure everything is where it's supposed to be. Us guys, too bad. We got to drive. We forget that. And then when they get to where we're going, what's the last thing she does? Pulls that visor down again, as if there was a hurricane that went to your car. It's all the same, baby. You look good. You look good. Yeah, well, I'm taking the mirror's advice, not yours, big boy. And then we get to the storefront. 
And she still says, is everything okay? Baby, you saw it. We're good. James says, ladies, this is not against you, but James says an individual who is not a doer but only a hearer is never satisfied. They just observe. Looks good. They may be able to quote everything that they read that morning, tell you every point of it, and yet James would come back to you and say, yeah, but are you doing it? They observe, they leave, and they forget. But a doer of the word, James says, is this. He looks into. He doesn't observe. He looks into. Literally, he is intent on making sure that what he's seeing is good. He looks into it. And secondly, he perseveres because of it. And lastly, he acts. He acts and does what he's supposed to do. And what he is supposed to do is attend to the needs of orphans and widows. That's what James says is pure religion. Mirror, mirror on the wall. We already know who the fairest of all is. His name is Jesus. But the thing of it is, as we look into the mirror of the word of God, am I taking on his reflection? That's the key to being mature in Jesus Christ. Father, this morning, this passage has a tendency to grab our attention. And our attention is, is not that how much of the word that we have, but how much of the word has us. Are we reflecting our Savior? Are we obeying his word and life? Are we modeling for the world to see who Jesus Christ is? And then and only then, can we say that we have a pure religion? Unto you be the honor and the glory, Lord, as you minister the hearts of people this morning. May we not be just looking in the mirror, but Lord, may we be doers of your word. Amen.